Welcome to Everyday Wellness. Wellness is the result of the decisions that you make every day. It's your mindset and the thoughts you believe. Wellness is the food you put in your body and the relationship you have with yourself and others. Wellness is your work and meaning. Join us on Everyday Wellness as we explore ways that you can choose wellness today. Hello, we're super excited today to have Terry Cochran. She's an internationally known health expert specializing in complex and chronic conditions, as well as bringing elite performers to their highest potential. She recently authored the Amazon number one new release book, The Wildatarian Diet, Living as Nature Intended. Can't wait to hear more. And her thriving practice is based in the metro DC area. Welcome, Terry. Oh, thank you so much. It's so good to be with your audience. We're excited to have you here. And, you know, we love to back it up and start at the beginning. So for you, you started your career as a banker and a portfolio risk manager, which seems a little different from what you do now. But we understand that you had a son who had some health challenges. Can you please tell us how kind of walking with him on that health journey led you to this health and wellness field? Absolutely. If you would have asked me 20 years ago, where I would be today, the last thing I would have said would be in the health and wellness industry. (laughs) Um, But you know, sometimes life throws something at you that really has you look at it with a different lens. And as you said, I was in the banking industry and a portfolio manager, and I, in my latest tour of duty in my 20-year career in that sector, I ran one of Freddie Mac's uh, departments in their multifamily division. So I was charged with the health and the risk management of billions and billions of dollars of assets. And I found myself becoming a risk manager then for my son's health. Um, At the age of three, we were told that he would not be normal, that he would have brain seizures, uh, failure to thrive, he would not grow past five foot four. And so for a couple of years, we went down the allopathic medical route only uh, observing him to fall further behind. Uh, and one day I decided that I would no longer follow the traditional path. And it, it was illuminated to me, what if, it, what if things could be different? What if it didn't have to be this way? And how might I pursue a road for him, a healing path for him that might allow him to live a different life? And so this was before the age of the internet and uh, certainly before Google. And so I just started becoming this rabid researcher. So I had my day job of risk management of uh, portfolio of assets. And then I had my night job of really ferreting out why my son's body was acting the way it was. And so I started interviewing parents and just going to the library and looking at everything that could possibly give me some signs and signals. And I had at least 50 books on my kitchen table at any one time. And one day I had this epiphany, oh my goodness, it's what we're feeding him. And that was the genesis of his transformation. I eliminated five foods, wheat, corn, dairy, citrus, and peanuts. And within four days, he started breathing and the allergic shiner started receding a little bit. And that's when I discerned that I might be on to something. Wow. That's absolutely incredible. And, you know, it goes against, you know, conventional Western medicine that food has any impact on our health. And so I'm so grateful that you were so dutifully kind of doing the research and looking between the lines. And, you know, for for many of our listeners who may not realize that, you know, back in the 1990s, I mean, the internet was just really in its largely in its infancy. So that was still when we were getting, you know, tangible books, I can just imagine the amount of copious research you put into that. So I know that your practice is based on the philosophy of bioindividuality. Can you share with us a little bit about that concept as it's so important for looking for root causes, like you were looking, you know, more deeply at your son? Absolutely. Well, if, if I were to distill my life's work, my, my this next, you know, 15 years of life's work into two sentences is there's no one health food for everyone and there's no one supplement for everyone. We are all different. And so why are we different? Well, it's based on what our genes are and how our genes are responding to our environment. And our environment are 
the toxins and the pathogens and our thinking and even if we've had a physical impact. So it really gets down to bioindividuality is we have to look at who you are, why you are, and how you are. And we develop a very personalized plan, a supplemental and food plan for each one of our clients that is unique to them. And we have had really just tremendous and humbling uh, results from this approach. And I'm guessing that you use that information or that information is part of your approach, which is called the Cochrane Method, aptly named. Um, <laughs> can you tell us about the tools and the strategies that you use in this method and kind of why you chose to integrate them together? Absolutely. Well, we know that the body is such a complex highway of systems and allopathic medicine decided to stovepipe our system. So if you go to a nephrologist, which is a kidney specialist, they're gonna say that kidneys have nothing to do with your heart or with your liver, and then you have to go to somebody else, to an endocrinologist, and so we now know it doesn't work. It's all connected. And so the Cochrane Method is really a multi-level and multi-dimensional approach, incorporating biochemistry, biophysics, musculoskeletal, of course, uh, epigenetics, which is how um, environment influences our genes, and nutrigenomics, which is how our foods influence our genes. So the structural foundation of the Cochrane Method starts with genes. And basically genes can be turned on and off like a light switch. We know now that the science of epigenetics is that we have genes, but how are our genes influenced? And the way that they're influenced is going to show whether they are expressing against our favor or in our favor. And so what I developed under the Cochrane Method is based on your genetics, I put four portals in there. I created four portals that might impact how those genes are expressed. And so the first one is the pathogenic load. And that involves viruses and bacteria and parasites. And now we know, for example, that a strep antibody can actually have a genetic shift such that it will create almost like an antibody. The antibody creates a DNA shift such that you may no longer be able to manage your insulin response. So it's really potentially a strep antibody that's causing or contributing to your type two diabetes or the puppet mastering of the viruses that I call it where now we know that one in nine of us have an autoimmune condition. Why is this such a huge phenomenon? Well, my personal theory is that these viruses that we have been exposed to for millennia and we have been vaccinated against and we have been immunized against, if you will, have now started to wake up and their reawakening is responsible for, let's say for example, that chicken pox that you might have had when you were five is now Bell's palsy or it's been linked to polycystic ovarian syndrome, or that mononucleosis you might have had when you were in high school from kissing that first boyfriend or girlfriend is now returned and reignited, and it's now Hashimoto's. So pathogens can really be a big gene tripper. The next thing is our, our of course, our environment in terms of the toxins of food and parabens and plastics, that, that second uh, component which we know that these parabens are now uh, turning into xenoestrogens, which was what I call you know, this kryptonite estrogen that actually unhooks the happy estrogen receptors, kicks them out and, and inserts on our genes um, and on our cell membranes rather, the bad estrogen. So those are big contributors. And then the third one is our emotions. You know, the our thinking, the genius work of Bruce Lipton, which shares and shows that our the think the thought creates the thing that our thinking is in real time tripping our genetics and more and more studies are coming out in that realm and so i really work with my clients on having them notice what they're noticing and where is that imbalance in their body and, and choosing at every moment I ask them to choose love or hope or gratitude rather than the other the other thought because they've done studies on the effects not only of the DNA expression but also on the immune system response that it can it can shift immune system by up to 50% in either direction for up to five hours and then the last one of course is a physical impact 
A physical impact can trip our pituitary. Our pituitary is the master gland that secretes all sorts of hormones um, and signalers, and that can have a huge impact on how our body responds. That's absolutely incredible, kind of putting all those pieces together. And I love the inclusion of the concept of neuroplasticity, which uh, I think I said in 2018 was like the, my word of the year. And so really <laughs> yes. acknowledging how important it is that, you know, what we think is what we become. So it's so important that, you know, what we're thinking inside is as important as what we're saying in the outside. Um, but I love that you incorporate that into your work. And so out of curiosity, I would imagine, you know, given um, the Cochrane method that you kind of just alluded to and just delineated, um, you very likely get some complex uh, patients. So are there common diagnoses or common issues that people are coming to you for to get answers? Well, we call ourselves a last stop saloon. We honestly have referrals from doctors from all over the country, some whom I know and some whom I've never met before, mm-hmm. uh, but they seem to know our practice and they send us uh, very complex health conditions. I'm known as a thyroid uh, expert, uh, uh, specifically in Hashimoto's. I'm known as an endocrine expert, but really we look at everything and anything. And what I tell my clients when they come in is I, I'm less concerned about what it is that you have. I want to know why it is that you have it, right? So uh, you can have let's say you can have an insulin disruption, let's say you have type one diabetes, that diabetes could be a result of strep or it could be a result of a virus or it could be a result of the fact that you have the MTHFR gene expression and you're not making those methyl donors that is making the proper hydrochloric acid to break down your protein and you're having sugar handling issues. So it really gets to why is your body doing what it's doing? Now having said that, autoimmunity is a big one Hashimoto's is another. Lyme, we're a big Lyme uh, specialist. And then we also work with elite Olympic and professional athletes. So we really see the gamut of everything. Fertility is is, uh, one of our specialties. MS is another one of our specialties. So again, if you've got it, we can try to figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) But that really speaks to the whole bio-individuality piece, because I think when we give a diagnosis, we assume that that's the same for everyone, when in fact, it, it could just be that's the way the particular underlying root cause issues are manifesting. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you've written an amazing book called The Wildatarian Diet, Living as Nature Intended. So that title gives us a pretty good clue about what it's about. (laughs) But can you please give us some more details? Yes, I would love to. So we really do need to get back to living as nature intended. And wildatarian is really a sub-umbrella of the Cochrane Method and the Cochrane Methodology because it is based on a diet that is based on your genetic blueprint and your current state of health. And what's so cool is that you don't have to be a genetics expert or biochemist to understand your genetic blueprinting. Uh, I've developed a simple quiz that will take you down four major archetypes of wildatarian. And just as an overall construct, wildatarian, which is a name that I invented, um, is really the definition is someone who consume sustainably raised wild game fish and shellfish low mycotoxin legumes and grains and sustainably sourced and organic dairy so we are looking at a bio-individualized approach based on that and the wild detarian umbrella if you will has made three major tenants and those are protein fat and sulfur malabsorption. And those three tenants will put you into one of the four wild types or archetypes uh, of wildatarian. And so one of the things that I've discovered, which I really believe is pioneering, is that our food, again, because we're no longer living as nature intended, the food of yesterday is not the food of today. The food, not only the food quality, but what the food is doing to our microbiome and our microbiology. And so one of the discoveries I've made are about amyloids, and this has to do with protein. Today's podcast is sponsored by Nutrisense. 
It combines cutting edge technology and human expertise. So you can see how your body responds to different types of nutrition, stress, exercise, sleep, and where you are in your menstrual cycle in real time. And by pairing a continuous glucose monitor with their app and expert nutritional guidance, NutriSense can help you reach your health goals. And the best part is it's not just a program where they send you the CGM and you have to figure it out on your own. Each subscription plan includes one month of free expert nutritionist support. Your nutritionist will work with you one-on-one interpreting your data and providing customized advice to help you reach your health goals. The last time I had my CGM on, my registered dietitian and I troubleshooted over some specific concerns that I had. And whether you're aiming to lose weight, stabilize your energy, or just feel better overall, NutriSense offers the guidance and support you need. And lasting sustainable change takes time and can be achieved through a longer term subscription. That's why I encourage my patients and clients to consider three, six, or 12-month subscriptions where it's actually less expensive and allows you to not only achieve your goals, but also to ensure that you stick to your healthy lifestyle for the long term. As I've mentioned before, I have found the CGMs I've used through NutriSense to be incredibly insightful, specifically to carbohydrate tolerance. I would not have known that plantains spiked my blood sugar without this information. It's also been hugely helpful for tailoring to workouts and sleep quality. And so for me, even though I am metabolically healthy, I find the insights to be particularly helpful to tailor my lifestyle changes to my blood sugar. Visit NutriSense.io slash EWP and use the code EWP for $30 off plus one month of free nutritionist support. Be sure to let them know you're a listener of the Everyday Wellness Podcast when they ask you how you heard about them. This is one of my favorite ways to take care of my health and one of my top recommendations for all of my patients and clients. Do you find yourself struggling to get a good night's sleep? If so, you may be dealing with a hidden mineral deficiency. It is not at all uncommon in perimenopause and menopause to deal with sleep challenges. And we know that one of many contributory reasons for poor sleep can be a reduction in specific minerals that help regulate sleep quality, including magnesium, which is involved in GABA, which is our body's main calming neurotransmitter. We also know that we need potassium to create melatonin. And this is a hormone that is a master antioxidant, but is also utilized to help induce sleep. We also think about things like zinc, which can balance excitatory neurotransmitters like glutamate. And if it's overactive, meaning if your glutamate levels are too high, it can prevent your brain from becoming more relaxed and inducing sleep. And lastly, selenium increases both our deep sleep and sleep duration. All these minerals matter a lot for sleep and any imbalances or deficits can have a major impact on the quality of sleep you get each night. And that's why I love Beam Minerals. They offer a full spectrum mineral supplement that gives you every essential mineral your body needs in the right doses, all in a highly absorbable liquid form. All you do is take a shot of bean minerals about an hour before bed. Don't worry, it tastes like water. And you'll replenish all of your body's minerals in about 30 seconds and give your brain what it needs for deep restorative sleep. I've been using this product over the last several months. I've really been impressed with the improvement in my sleep metrics, which I like to share on social media with my followers. And if you want a simple way to improve your sleep, head over to www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. That's www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. Really, really fascinating, Cynthia. Is what, I've, what I've learned is that the, the proteins, in particular chicken, I call chicken the dirty bird, <laughs> <laughs> beef, <laughs> uh, pork and turkey, but in particularly chicken and beef and chicken being the most studied, has these truncated tr- protein structures by the name of amyloids. Amyloids are indigestible. Amyloids have been linked to innumerable diseases. Now we know about the beta amyloids of Alzheimer's, but ALS, diabetes, cancer, kidney disease. Why? Because these indigestible proteins, what they do is they attach to either 
our organs, specific organ systems, or they grow systemically. And what's so deleterious about these amyloids, and I believe I'm really a pioneer in this because there are very few people that have taken theory and applied it in practice, is that these amyloids actually help make biofilm. And biofilm, I call it the donut, that's that big gooey thing that protects streptococcus and candida and all these bacterial and fungal um, microorganisms so they're becoming bullies in the sandbox against our favor. And so eating wild vegetarian goes to eating bison and buffalo instead of beef and wild boar instead of pork and venison and lamb. And so those wild animals, what we have found are lower in the amyloid structure in their tissues. And so when we eat them, we're not feeding these things, the biofilm of the bacteria, but also the amyloids feed viruses. So that's why I believe that in large part, we have such an autoimmunity epidemic is because these viruses, why are they waking up all of a sudden after millions of years where we've coexisted with them and they've helped immunize us? Well, in part, I believe is because these amyloids are tripping them into autoimmunity. That's so, absolutely fascinating. Wow. I, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited about it because not only do we felt do we feel like it worked in theory we've seen thousands of clients benefited by this approach so that's the big one amyloids and then sulfur is the big the second biggest one which nobody's talking about actually most in the healthcare space promote sulfur rich foods well that's a problem because guess what our roundup our glyphosate that nasty little thing that is liberally sprayed on our crops which is actually an herbicide and a, a poison um, is stopping our body's ability to now convert these rich sulfur foods, which were so healthy, such as broccoli and kale. We call it killer kale instead of helpful kale. Um, and um, cauliflower, those that are those, those with a bite, the cruciferous family, and also egg yolks and garlic and so forth. Um, they're actually breaking down our body's ability to manage digestion. Uh, if you have a sulfur processing mechanism gene, so again, back to the genetics, and that has been expressed and you're eating sulfur-rich sulfur foods, you could be contributing to ulcerative colitis and Crohn's. 73% of rheumatoid arthritis linked to impaired sulfur processing. Oh my gosh. That's it's, unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. And so these individuals that are coming into me and saying, Terry, I'm so confused because I'm having having these kale smoothies and I'm having eggs every morning and you know I'm eating my garlic because it's so antimicrobial and I can't walk. Well, guess what? That sulfur has tripped that genetic and that genetic is expressing as an autoimmune or autoimmune-esque uh, type condition. And so we really have to watch out to see if, in fact, we can or cannot eat sulfur. And a vast majority of, a majority of us are now unable to process sulfur the way we used to. And even if we don't have the genes yet, the, the, the whole work of Ben Lynch and dirty genes is like, well, even if you don't have the genes, you're expressing like you do have the genes, so you have to eat like you do have the gene. Um, so that's really, that, I felt that that was really groundbreaking. That really is. And, you know, and, and I feel like the whole epigenetics piece for many people is kind of on the new frontier. You know, we understand kind of empirically what that represents. Uh, but it, I've come to find that a lot of people have, you know, they know they have one or two copies of MTHFR, as, for example, as I do. And, um, you know, these blanket statements will come out by uh, peers and they'll say, well, everyone needs methylfolate or everyone needs methylated B right. vitamins. And I had a conversation with a woman the other day and I was explaining to her that I just don't believe that to be the case that, again, we go back to bioindividuality and she was completely stunned um, because it's cutting against, you know, this kind of mainstream perspective. But that completely makes sense. Um, what I find most fascinating is that we've been, you know, saying for years how great the crucifers are, but we also think think about, um, you know, not just the kale juice, but, you know, the celery juice phase that people are yes. kind of, you know, whatever's in vogue, people are pushing and consuming to excess. And, and you definitely delineate how, um, you know, consumption of those sulfur rich foods for the wrong person could really be detrimental and not helpful at all, even though empirically, kale is a is a relatively healthy thing. Absolutely. And, and again, that's why, you know, the food of yesterday is not the food of today. It used to be healthy and because we just weren't so sensitized by the glyphosate, which is making sulfur really, really difficult 
to access and actually use to our benefit, which is important for tendons and mental health and, mm-hmm. and gut health and so forth and so on. But absolutely, and I see so many come to my practice and again, by the time they see us, a lot of individuals have been through multiple practitioners and they're overmethylating. So they're agitated and they can't sleep and, you know, their gut is leaking because their, their nervous system is way wired and they didn't need that methylfolate. As a matter of fact, what they needed was something as potentially like a B6 in the form of P5P to open up mm-hmm. that sulfation pathway because in my belief system, sulfur trumps methylation any day and every day. And actually by addressing the sulfation pathways, you can actually improve methylation. You don't have to go directly to you know to give that high level of folate or B12, especially if there's a lot of demyelination. I said we work with multiple sclerosis and where the myelin has been eroded, the myelin, I call it the condom to our nerves. And really, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that that's a great mental picture, exactly. <laughs> you know, it really, it really helps protect that nerve. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're hitting it with a ton of like B12 and B1 and B3, Bs are highly conductive. You don't have that buffer. Bees would be very, very, very bad. I call it. I call it either a helper bee or a buzzy bee. <laughs> so, but again, it's back to that bio individuality. Yes, exactly. It really is. It all comes back to that. Yeah, no, it really does. Okay, so you were saying that glyphosate, especially on these cruciferous vegetables, is not good. But can you talk a little bit more about glyphosate in general and kind of separate the fact from fiction? I think a lot of people think like, oh, maybe that's just a trend. Maybe it's not really as bad as I'm hearing. So tell us about it. Yes, I'd love to. And really, one of the true deep experts on this subject matter is Dr. Stephanie Seneff out of MIT, with whom I've had the pleasure of kibitzing on the the ills of of glyphosate. Uh, But glyphosate, this herbicide, which was actually made from, let's just go back to its origins. It was made from bomb material. It was a poison in World War II that has a high sulfur compounds and high oxalate compounds. And so glyphosate has multiple deleterious effects. And what I believe is, why is it that in the United States, one in, again, one in nine, nine seems to, be, seems to be the magic number, has a gluten sensitivity, right? And one in nine of us have an autoimmune condition. Isn't that interesting? So why is it then we go to Europe and people can tolerate gluten much better? Well, gluten is a protein, yes, and we are less apt to to digest protein, but why? Being a plant-based protein, it would still be more likely to be digestible than, say, a piece of beef. But what's happened is, and, and again, if we look at gluten over the millennia, you know, wheat used to be the staff of life as you look to the Bible. Well, I call it mutant gluten. And so why has gluten become such a problem? Well, it's because wheat is the most sprayed uh, crop with glyphosate and they double spray. They do it at the beginning where they actually spray, spray that herbicide on these seedling crops. But then they actually, as they harvest, they spray glyphosate liberally on the sickles to help the harvest process be easier. And so what is the big deal about glyphosate? Well, as I said before, first of all, it's a poison, right? And so it's not good for us and the body has to break down something it doesn't understand. But aside from the sulfur processing mechanism impairment, another thing that it does is, and this is why I think it's tied to such a gluten epidemic, is that glyphosate mimics, I'm gonna get a little nerdy with your audience here, because I'm a super nerd, but- Go for it. (laughs) Uh, We love it. Glyphosate mimics glycine. Glycine is an amino acid necessary for the production of hydrochloric acid, which is necessary in order to break down protein. So if the body thinks that it's making this amino acid and it doesn't make it naturally, you're gonna be less able to process that protein. So here we go, we got gluten that's a big protein. We're not not processing it because the body thinks it's being hijacked thinking that it's already making this glycine. And then back to that sulfur piece is that it interrupts, it gets stuck in this what I call intermediary metabolite so it cannot convert sulfur to sulfate which is so necessary for gut health so it's leaking our gut and then the third piece of it is 
is that glyphosate is stopping, and this isn't, we haven't even talked about oxalate, and this is like a another sidebar to wild deterioration. You know, it's the four major archetypes, uh, low fat, low sulfur, low fat and low sulfur, and then you could also be low oxalate. So oxalates, again, back to healthy foods, spinach and almonds and coconut and um, black beans, when we try to move away from, you know, a lot of meat, and we go to those plant-based uh, healthy foods, oxalates can really be problematic because the glyphosate has disrupted the bacteria in our gut that was responsible for metabolizing oxalates. And so why are these so important? Well, especially in the presence of candida. Candida is a fungus which lives commensally in our gut. However, Have you guys heard about a bioactive whole food on the market with 5,000 published research studies backing it? When my oldest son needed to go on antibiotics a few months ago, I discovered Armra Colostrum and the benefits for him and his recovery from being on antibiotics have been instrumental in me now recommending this to my dairy non-sensitive patients and clients. Armra's Colostrum strengthens immunity ignites metabolism, fortifies gut health, promotes hair growth and skin radiance, and powers fitness performance and recovery. My son has mentioned to me over and over again how great his gut feels, how he has improved his digestion and gut function as well. Colostrum is a rich, exclusive source of immunoglobulins or antibodies that optimize our immune defense even during cold and flu season. And we know that mycosal barriers house over 80% of our body's immune cells, including including the antibodies IgG and SIG-A. And these immunoglobulins bind and intercept harmful particles like viruses, bacteria, and toxins, blocking them from crossing into the barriers into our bloodstream. And armrest colostrum contains the highest levels of SIG-A and IgG to ensure your most fortified first line of protection. It's sustainably sourced, and it's important to know that you want to mix colostrum only with cold liquids or foods or dry scoop it into your mouth. This is also great for the oral microbiome. And we've worked out a special offer for my everyday wellness community where you can receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash Cynthia15 or enter Cynthia15 to get 15% off your first order. That's dot com slash Cynthia15. You definitely want to check it out. At some point, we've all been sold a big fat lie. It's called the protein misconception. So starting in the 1980s, we all believed that more protein equated to more muscle growth. And I'm here to tell you it's a big misconception. This has a great deal to do that our body can only absorb protein that's broken down into smaller building blocks called amino acids. It doesn't matter if you're consuming 30 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein. If you don't have a sufficient supply of enzymes to digest the protein, your muscles will ultimately be unable to use these as vital building blocks. That's why it's crucial you take a high quality digestive enzyme. The one I trust and use myself is called Masszymes by Bioptimizers. Masszymes is a full spectrum enzyme formula with more protease than any other commercially available product. With five different forms of protease. Plus, it contains all the other key enzymes you need for optimal digestion. If you're experiencing bloating, gas, or digestive distress, a contributing factor can be that your body is no longer producing as much digestive enzymes. And you can try Masszymes today risk-free. They have a 365-day full money-back guarantee and is the gold standard in the industry. Go to biooptimizers.com slash Cynthia. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash Cynthia and use promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off of any order. Again, that's promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off any order. Because we eat so much flipping sugar, you know, that the, the average person consumes over 150 pounds of sugar a year versus 11 pounds a year ago. Which is gross. It's gross. It's super gross. And a quarter of it is in liquid form. 
uh, 25% of our sugar consumptions in, in liquid. And the manufacturers have gotten really, really tricky because they can label high fructose corn syrup as fructose or sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's very tricky. And that's a whole other conversation. But um, what we do know is that these oxalates in the presence of candida cannot be broken down. And so now we have mental health issues. And because it, it disrupts our body's ability to manage our neurotransmitters, transmitters, especially the dopamine pathway, which is so critical in autism, so critical in now PANDAS, which is an acronym for Pediatric Autoimmune Psychiatric Disorder. I have little ones as young as five. I had a five-year-old in here yesterday that was had been in the past homicidal and suicidal. Oh, my goodness. This is becoming an epidemic. And so... Yes, glyphosate, folks, it's a really big problem. And I, this is secondary, uh, secondhand information, but my clients and part of my uh, philosophy and my practice is I, grad, I want to graduate my clients because I want to have them be super informed. And so they've become very well educated uh, in, in an, uh, on their own with their own information. And uh, apparently out of a, a podcast with Dr. Zachary Bush, um, she shared, one of my clients shared that, Terry, if we go to 10% organic, they can't do this anymore. You know, they won't be able to economically support non-organic foods. So I say vote with your food dollars. Mm-hmm. Glyphosate is causing gut mal- gut problems. It's, co- it's contributing to celiac. But it, the most important, and I think the most deleterious, especially to our children, is mental health. It is having, it's wreaking havoc on our mental health. And I think that's really critical. You know, I was saying what to appear, you know, obviously I worked in Western medicine for 20 years, but I was looking at documentaries that were on, I I don't know why I was watching a documentary on pediatric mental health, but that's the kind of nerd that I am. (laughs) And they were, they were indicating, you know, off-label utilization of certain psychiatric medications with children and, you know, the rising, you know, escalating school violence. And I thought to myself, you know, what's really changed in the food supply? Like what has really, really changed since um, I was a child, which was a long time ago. Um, But the point being that, you know, we've gotten so far away from eating real food. We're eating um, largely grossly processed foods. You know, I I always like to bring up the book uh, Salt, Sugar, Fat by Mm -hmm. Michael Moss as a great example of, you know, how the food industry has um, really solely focused on profits. They're not looking for anything that's helpful. They want to make things as addictive as possible. And consumers assume that everything they buy in the grocery store is safe to eat. Uh, it's safe to, you know, apply on their skin if they're pers- purchasing, you know, conventional products. And And I just think it's such a shame that there's not more good information available. And I'm, I'm hoping that this is the wave of a change in terms of, you know, many, many Western medicine trained providers really starting to understand how absolutely crucial it is to really understand the impact of these food choices. And so you, you perfectly and beautifully delineated, uh, you know, what glyphosate does in our bodies. And is it any wonder that we have this rise in autoimmunity Mm -hmm. um, in so many instances? I mean, how many people are on antibiotics for a month to treat Lyme at a minimum yes. and they end up developing psoriasis or celiac or something, you know, some downward effect by uh, what's going on with their bodies. So, I mean, that is, that is, so I couldn't have said it better myself, but it's absolutely <laughs> beautiful explanation, but really for anyone who's listening, this is why we're passionate about food. This is why it's so important that the quality of food that we consume is absolutely critical, far more important than many other choices that we make. Indeed. I I call food the alpha and the omega. It is the beginning and the end of our health journey. And you can get everything else pretty much right supplementally, even, you know, emotionally and mentally, which has such a huge, has a huge play. I don't don't want to underestimate that Mm -hmm. or underemphasize that. But if we get our food wrong, we will still be expressing our genes against our favor. And so getting the food right really does involve knowing a bit about the genetics where you start. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The genetics and then also what is my body telling me? You know, am I having those light fluffy stools? Am I, you know, am I having these heavy periods? Am I getting really depressed before my cycle? Do I have acne? 
that's you know the third piece of the wildetarian tenant is fat malabsorption and so why is that and this does get back to the stress because now we know that epinephrine opens up the tight junctions of our gut making it us leaky it also increases the pathogenicity of the bugs that have already been tripped by the amyloids and then it also it makes us fluffy because um, I call epinephrine the cupcake. It's a sugar in a fat. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And so we're basically cupcaking ourselves every hour and if we're, in a, if we're in a stress response. And so that makes us fat malabsorbed. And so fat can really be a problem because we need fat to fuel our brain. Mm-hmm. But if it's the wrong kind of fat, it actually um, deprives us of what we need essentially for our brain. Isn't it interesting that many of those things you just described, like, you know, perhaps having a heavy period or being irritable before, we sort of just assume that that's the norm because there's so many people who feel that way. Exactly. You know, and I have people coming into my practice. I cannot tell you it's countless people. And it's a it's a theme. They say they say to myself and my naturopath. We didn't know we were feeling so poorly until we started feeling better. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> yes. Well, and I think that's, um, I mean, unfortunately, I think that's the norm that, uh, you know, people assume and, and whether it's limiting beliefs, you know, mm-hmm. and whatever it is, age north of 35, 40, 45, yeah. 50, wherever it is, people just assume that they're meant to feel crummy and they don't understand that they can feel better. And so... I think that's really at the crux of so much of the work that all of us do is that we're trying to help people understand that that, that they can have hope and um, not every problem needs to be solved with a prescription medication. I'll be the first person to say, even as a nurse practitioner, that, you know, I got tired of writing prescriptions and I feel like food is just as powerful as pharmaceuticals, uh, which surprises a lot of people. But I really do believe, as as all of us do, how important um, our food is, as you mentioned, the alpha and the omega. Indeed. I mean, I have have a client. He's in his 70s. He had type 2 diabetes. He was on metformin, significant arthritis. He was, he walked in uh, with a cane, he had high blood pressure. He's now off of his metformin. His hemoglobin A1C dropped to 5.1 in three months from over seven. Wow. He is no more cane. He's dropped about 20 pounds. And I said he should. he's going to be on the platinum version of Sports Illustrated this summer <laughs> because he's so fit. And he actually got taller. Oh, I it, love it's it. just this is so age is not a thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, but by, by our telomeres may be slightly shorter, but we should not give up just because we've been told, "Oh, you're over this age. Just expect things to get worse year over year." Well, that is absolutely false. Well, and it's interesting you bring up telomeres because I was answering some questions earlier today because there's a lot of data coming out that prolonged fasting will, you know, help telomere length. And so there are people that want to do these prolonged fasts, um, you know, four and five days long, and then they do them and they feel crummy and miserable. Um, just curious, I mean, when you talk about telomere length, and for those that are listening, um, you know, telomere length is, is something that can be really critical in terms of, you know, aging and aging well. Um, are there strategies that you like to employ to, to support them in a healthy way? Because inevitably, because of the questions I was fielding earlier today, I know that those will come up because we'll get questions from the podcast sure. that will come over. Yes. So, you know, really great questions at the end. I actually, I actually work with some really interesting individuals across the country. And one of them, he's one of the top athletic directors for one of the top um, um, professional teams here. And we did a little experiment with him. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And uh, I challenged him to, to tell him I didn't believe intermittent fasting and prolonged fasting was good for him. Mm-hmm. And he used a glucose, a continuous glucose monitoring device for two weeks. And we were right. Um, in his case, it really spiked his blood sugar because mm-hmm. he could not manage the that type of fasting taking him through um, that ketosis for him. And so it's not for everyone. And, and especially if you're not in repose, you shouldn't fast. When you're working at you know, the level you and I work where we're going in from, from client to patient and so forth. Um, and so it's not for everyone and it's not, it's not for every time in your life, right? Mm-hmm. And so how do, we, how do we manage those telomeres that you know, are, are part of our DNA? Well, it, it gets down to oxidative stress, the inflammatory response, and what the genes are doing, right? So how do we re- reduce inflammation? Well, you know, 
the alpha of reducing inflammation is stop drink, stop taking in sugar, <laughs> mm-hmm. the wrong kinds of sugar. There's some wonderful kinds of sugar and fruit, some fruit sugar, again, depending on who you are and why you are and how you are. But sugar is so inflammatory. It acidifies. It helps to, you know, increase our... Um, our uh, cortisol response because we get into mismanagement of sugar handling and then how is our Krebs cycle that that cycle that powers um, our our ATP which helps with mitochondrial function which helps with cellular function which helps with cellular respiration what are we doing to oxygenate are we breathing I mean it could be as simple as breath right so we can get in that proper amount of oxygen so we, we don't breathe the way we used to. We're only at 40% of our lung capacity, where we, should, we used to be at 90%. So those kind of things. And then understanding supplementally what will work for you. Because if you're looking at antioxidants, glutathione has been touted as a phenomenal antioxidant. But guess what, folks? If you're one of those sulfur people, myself mm-hmm. included, glutathione becomes a pro-oxidant in my yeah. case. So. It's no one food or no one supplement for everyone. It's really understanding the granularity of you. And I say, I speak multiple languages and one of them is body talk. So, <laughs> <laughs> you have the greatest metaphors and yes. pictures. I'm like, I'm like writing all these down because when we, when we go to review our podcast that we've done today, I always pull out snippets that someone has said so we can think about, you know, titles that really kind of emulate thank you yeah so really body talk i teach i teach our folks how our, our clients our client base how to talk body the body is constantly sending us feedback but we're so equipped to understand what the heck it's saying and so if we can really get skilled at that we can really understand and try to you know get in front of what might be falling off a cliff and I think our body likes to, it'll whisper for a while yes, and yes. then we don't hear it and we don't hear it. We don't pay attention and then it starts yelling. <laughs> Absolutely. Very Absolutely. loudly. Yeah. Well, it's clear that you have such a broad knowledge of not just nutrition, but really integrating all of these different perspectives into a holistic approach and creating an individual plan for each person. So having said that, if you were to give our listeners two pieces of advice, things that they could do to live a healthier life every day, what would those be? Well, you know, it, it really gets back down to, and I, the more study I do on, on this, the more I know it to be true, is that our thoughts create our reality. And that to really be hopeful, to be curious so you know, the, the, so much of this is fear-based, and I would, I would uh, really welcome your audience to move from fear to curiosity, because curiosity helps open it up to what is it that I don't know, and how might I get additional knowledge that's going to make me informed, and informed about me, and informed about my family. And then the second thing is to really, really listen really listen start looking at your body you know did i eat that one thing and i swelled up you know do i have allergic shiners wow look at that i've got a yellow ring around my mouth my liver is saying stop it (laughs) i've got you know i've got too much going on in my liver and i need to really look at helping it detox a little bit you know do i have white spots on my fingernails and that's really zinc zinc deficiency so really just looking at our body and really getting back to the basics of why is my body doing this it doesn't just spontaneously combust on us like you said it whispers and whispers and whispers let's listen to those whispers well that's absolutely amazing so share with our listeners what programs you're currently offering and how they can find you absolutely well um the Wildetarian Diet, Living as Nature Intended, is on Amazon. I'm very proud of that that uh, body of work. And there is an ancillary program that goes with it, which you can find on my website, called the Heal and Seal Program. And my goal is, if you can heal and seal your gut, you can eat rocks, and you'll extract the minerals from them. <laughs> I love it. So um, that's a 45-day reset with a longer-term maintenance program. And then we also have, you know, just really, We've got a wildetarian kickstart, kickstart detox. We've got a, you know, uh, 
had a meal and menu plan. So we have a couple of those smaller uh, programs. And then something that I'm also very proud of is I have this monthly membership called the Wild Box. And these are items that have been personally curated by me that I use and it helps you adopt a wildatarian lifestyle. And every month has a theme. Last month it was about skincare. This month it's about freedom. We've had uh, things about outfitting the pantry. So um, really great, really great box. And, and each of those boxes has my proprietary formulated, what I call my new everyday, it's called immune mover, um, broad spectrum immune support for all bodies uh, of all ages. And so love my wild box. And uh, we've gotten just rave reviews on it. Oh, that's so fun. That sounds like such a, a cool thing to do. Thank you. And then if you want to come see us, uh, you know, we take clients literally from all over the globe. So I'm um, happy to have you in our practice as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. We know that our listeners will definitely appreciate it. My great pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find out more about Cynthia and her work at chtwellness.com. And you can find out more about Kelly and her work at everydaytherapist.com. In addition, if you have questions for us or topics you'd like us to address, please email us at everydaywellnesspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, be well. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFAS, Teflon, and ceramic. And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness.